0: There are so many people out there who have one piece of the puzzle to offer, whether it's expertise or money or um, time, and they can you know, be the boots on the ground person. So I would just say, if you know what your forte is and you know what you can bring to a deal... Focus on that and try to network with people who can fill in those other gaps for you. If you're not ready to do it on your own, look for somebody who has some experience. Or if you have really good knowledge, look for a money partner who has been wanting to get into Airbnb for years, but just doesn't have the know-how or the time or the skill set to do so.
1: In this episode, you are going to hear from my friend, Francesca Balio. Francesca and I met last year in a mastermind. And she is putting together a course for women who want to be real estate investors, specifically women who want to own and operate Airbnbs. And she is such a wealth of information. It's something that I've wanted to do just because in my mind, I am every HGTV host. But even if that's not something that's been in your mind, I feel like after listening to this episode, you will see the appeal of real estate investing. And right away, I have her bust a myth that you need like hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank to make it happen. You don't. And I have seen personally from some Facebook groups that I'm in that there are a lot of people, middle-class people, maybe even living paycheck to paycheck who are investing in real estate and making money doing it. So I hope you enjoy this episode with my friend Francesca. She gives some amazing advice, and then I also link to a lot in the show notes for this episode where you can learn more from her. And if you haven't already, make sure you check out my free masterclass. It's about an hour long. I'm sharing stuff that I have never shared before, and you can check that out at earnmedianow.com. I'm talking about how I got a startup on the Today Show I will tell you about how I landed my TEDx talk without even pitching to do a TEDx talk. And even at the end of the masterclass, I will share with you the exact pitch, word for word, that I sent to CNN to get Amy Porterfield booked on her very first TV segment. So again, you can check that out at earnmedianow.com. And I will also link to that in the show notes. But for now, let's get back to Francesca so we can all make money being big-time real estate investors. Ever wonder how some people seem to get all the media coverage, but you don't? Go behind the scenes with a TV reporter, national on-air host, and news contributor who has interviewed celebrities, took you inside the Versace mansion, and even stood on a chair to interview basketball legend Alonzo Mourning. Get ready, because Become a Media Maven is the podcast where Christina Nicholson is sharing secrets from her years in front of the camera, in the editing booth, and now, behind the podcast mic. Francesca, I am so excited that you are here with me on Become a Media Maven. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to get to hang out with you today. You know what? I saw an article the other day, and it was about... How women, did you send it to me? Maybe you shared it and I took it from you. How women are earning men in Airbnb businesses? Isn't it incredible? Okay, how is that possible? Like, how is that happening?
0: So most of the hosts in the industry are women. um, And it's just- Yeah. Yeah. Women are just dominating and it's such an awesome thing to see. Um, I think the feminine touch that women bring to hosting, um, is just something that is not as innate to, uh, some of the male species. And, uh, (laughs) and I think that women just have a, a real knack for, for doing these things and, and not that guys can't, there are plenty of successful male hosts, but it's, uh, it's amazing to see women rocking the industry.
1: I love that. And that's what you focus on. You're a real estate agent, you're an investor, and now you're teaching people how to do all of the things. I am one of those people. You are creating a course yes, and people can get some tips from you now. So like, before we get into it, where can people get those Airbnb tips from you?
0: So you can find me on Instagram at it's underscore Francesca underscore Balio. Um, So we, I'm sure we can link that in the show notes here. And then I also have a website called invest her collective. Um, So it's www.investhercollective.com. And you'll be able to find some info on the website. And then I'll also have my course launched hopefully within the next couple of months. And you'll be able to link up with the course there. Um, I'll also, I do have some free resources live there now as well.
1: Okay. Awesome. So I'll definitely link to that. Okay, before we get into Airbnbs, why Airbnbs and not long-term rentals? The profit margins that
0: we're seeing on Airbnb are just insane compared to long. Long term rentals. So, for some people, long term rental is just a good fit. You know, if you don't have time to dedicate to um, investing as much as you'd like to, or you're just not ready to scale and hire out to hire like a property manager or co host, I can see why long term would be a better fit for you. But I advise all of my clients and all of my friends and family to go for Airbnb if you can and just figure out a way to make it work. Because like I said, the margins are absolute insanity. Okay, uh, You can easily make a hundred grand on like a three bedroom home on Airbnb in just a year. If you're doing things right.
1: Okay. Break down some myths first and foremost, because like, I feel like I believe a lot of myths, like in my mind, I need to have like hundreds of thousands of dollars on hand to buy a house, to be able to turn it into an Airbnb. And obviously that's not what people are doing. So like, what are people doing and bust that myth? Because that's where, like, when it comes to like the money aspect of it all, it's a little scary, but I do know that investing is real, in real estate is like the way you get long-term wealth. Absolutely. So if you're buying in a really
0: expensive market, of course, a down payment is going to seem very out of reach um, as an initial upfront investment. But what I do and what I advise all my clients to do is look for markets that might be an hour to two hours outside of your home market. Um, And there are so many um, suburban and rural markets just, you know, an hour outside of metropolitan areas um, or other expensive neighborhoods where you can easily operate a really awesome business. Um, So, for example, if you live in New York City where I do and you need a million dollars just to get in the door for a basic apartment, Um, there are tons of places within an hour to two hours drive, whether it's uh, New Jersey, Connecticut, Upstate, and the Catskills, where you can buy a property for $300,000, $400,000, and your down payment in that event is going to be much more affordable. Um, On top of that, your um, upfront investment, um, there are ways to kind of mitigate costs. You can do Facebook Marketplace. You can buy lightly used furniture. You can also go to antique stores, which a lot of people are doing these days and make uh, a, a really cool rental with, you know, maybe half antiques or a few antiques sprinkled in here and there. Um, and that also saves a lot of money while also maintaining really cool historical character of a lot of places. Um, another option is to invest with partners. Um, so you can invest, and actually, a friend of ours, uh Christina and I are partnering up on a deal right now. Um, you so, are yeah, I saw so, her on
1: Instagram talking about it.
0: Yes, yes. So we are looking into some upstate markets and also Connecticut. We've been driving all over the place this past week. Oh Um, and inventory is just crazy right now. It's at an all-time low. Um, so you're having to basically drive up to listings the day of, or the day after it's listed and make really aggressive offers, which, you know, is, is just something that you're having to do right now. But like I said, if you're offering 10 or $20,000 over the ask price in a market where you're paying three or $400,000 for a property, um, chances are you are going to have an edge and you'll make that money back within your first year easily of being in business.
1: And something you're doing, cause I'm following along on your Instagram is you're doing a lot of the renovations and um, upkeep yourself in some of these homes. Yep. So we do love to do a mix of DIY and um,
0: hiring out contractors for other projects. You know, there are wood floors. We can't refinish wood floors. I'm sure if we wanted to, we could learn, but it's just not really something that we have time to do at this point in time. Um, but we do things as much as we can when it comes to paint, um, you know, installing cabinets and, and other uh, kind of more approachable projects, if you will. Um, so like I said, we do a nice combination. We love to put sweat equity into our properties, which is, you know, when you do the work yourself and increase the, val- the value of the property. Um, so yeah, we, we love to do a a good mix of that. So it definitely saves us a lot of money. Um, it's not always the most time effective approach, um, because, you know, you always end up taking a little bit longer to complete projects than you think you will. But like I said, we love having the sweat equity in the projects and it brings a certain amount of pride to every project.
1: Now tell me about like, you're going an hour or two outside. Cause I live in South Florida where it's also very expensive. And I feel like now wherever you live, it's very expensive. So one, if you want to do, this is now a good time because of the way the market is. Absolutely. If you have, yeah, if you have the means to do it, you're prepared, you have
0: the finances or you have a partner. um, It's a great time. Interest rates are going up, but At the same time, demand for short-term rentals is through the roof and inventory is low. It can't keep up with the demand. So you're always going to make money right now if you buy a short-term rental.
1: Okay. Going outside of where you live, Mm -hmm. so like an hour, two hours, Mm -hmm. how do you know that that is a hot spot for a short-term rental? Great question. So we do a lot of due diligence.
0: Uh, This market in Connecticut that we just recently bought into is only about 20 minutes away from my mom's house. So we know what an awesome spot it is. It's right on a lake. The, um, the rentals in the summer just go for insane amounts of money. And, uh, like I said, it's a Lake community. So people from the city and people from all over the place flock to it in the summer. There's also a lot of restaurants up there. There is a Marina where anyone can rent a boat, which is really awesome. If you're from the city and you know, you don't have a boat, but you want to be a part of that, like Lake life scene. Um, it's really a a vacation rental friendly place because you have these, all of these experiences at your fingertips. Um, I also do a lot of analytics on the markets, you know, the inventory that's out there. I look at the calendars on Airbnb and VRBO and I check out, you know, how full the calendars are, what the average price per night is. We also use some other websites um, that give us data, um, which are super, super helpful. And that way we're able to vet the neighborhood, and then also make projections based on properties that we're interested in making offers on.
1: Okay. That I feel like would be the hardest part of this whole thing in my mind, just because I don't like numbers or math, but that's like Uh a must, right? Like, is this step one for people? Yes. Yeah. I would
0: say the first step is to analyze markets. Um, if you don't have your eyes set on a market already, um, the first thing you would want to do is kind of do some research, maybe check out some Facebook forums on investing. And then once you figure out which, uh, which area might be a good fit for you, something that's nearby your home, um, run some numbers. Um, it's so, so important to underwrite your properties and project what you'll make. And when I I'm underwriting potential investments. I always do three scenarios. So I use the data that I find online as like my my middle ground. And then I also adjust the numbers for like a worst case scenario. And then a best case scenario, because I like for all of my properties to be totally optimized and for my calendars to be as full as possible. So I would like to outperform the average data. So I run those numbers and I make sure I have all three scenarios in front of me. And even the worst case scenario, the numbers have to work before I make an offer on a property.
1: Okay. That's good. You know what I would like? I would like that spreadsheet from you. You should sure. turn that into sure. a freebie. And we should get that on investorcollective.com <laughs> because I feel like that is what everybody needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've shared some of yours with me, and it's like, it's like reading Chinese. Like I'm so confused <laughs> by it. Yeah. Um, check out you said check out Facebook forums on investing. Are there any other resources you like? Like you and I, we've talked about bigger pockets before. Mm-hmm. I have listened to an episode or two on the podcast. I've read the book. I was in the Facebook group and I left it and okay. I left it because I just felt like one people weren't so kind to newbies in the oh. comments. And I feel like there was a lot of, I don't mind masculine energy, but there was a lot of, um, how do I say it nicely? Like, uh, well, I'm not going to say it nicely. Like, Pervy things like being posted and things in the comments where it's like, oh my God, do they not know women are in here? So besides bigger pockets, what other resources could we learn from before we take your course? Of course.
0: So I highly recommend The Short-Term Show by Avery Carl. It's a podcast. Um, I listen through Spotify. I think she's on probably on every podcast platform you can get your hands on. But she's wonderful. She's a great host. Um, she's also a real estate agent. So I, I feel like I have a lot in common with her. Um, but she has great uh, guests on the podcast all the time. And she covers a lot of different topics. So again, that's Avery Carl's um, podcast called The Short-Term Show. I also am in some females only investing groups on Facebook. I can send you links to those as well. Um, But I learned so much from those forums and any question that you have, you can pop it in there and. Ask away. Um, chances are, a lot of the questions have already been answered, so you probably don't even need to. And a lot of times, you can just search for a topic, and it's more than likely going to be covered. And there are pictures and videos often to go along with the posts, so it's just an invaluable resource to me.
1: Okay, so this is easy for you because you're a real estate agent, so you kind of like represent yourself in these situations, right? Yes, as as often as possible, and that way we save ourselves the commission. Got it. So then what do people like me do who I'm not a real estate agent? Mm -hmm. I don't really have one. Like what do we do in that situation?
0: I would always recommend hooking up with a real estate agent who specializes in investing and short-term rentals. So Avery Carl is an example of a real estate agent in the smoky mountains who covers the area specifically for investor clients. Um, There are agents in just about every market who do specialize in investing and Often short-term rental investing, um, and it's become more and more popular. So in these markets, more and more agents are becoming experienced and qualified in advising on potential investment properties. So I would say, number one, you interview an agent who specializes in Airbnb or short-term rentals, and um, you pick their brain. You have an interview with them, ask them about their experience, and ask them about the market, how. Um, different properties are performing within that market and, um, and then kind of go from there.
1: Okay. How do you find them? Because I feel like when it comes to real estate agents, like I'm in my Mm -hmm. local Facebook groups, like you post anything, you write the word house and a million of them are like on you. Like it's insane. So how do you find the right ones that are niched in Mm -hmm. this industry?
0: I would say through Facebook, these short-term, the, the female short-term rental, um investing forum is definitely by far the most helpful. And a lot of times these female in um female real estate agents are members of the groups, but they also have other clients within the forum who have worked with them and can totally vet for them. Okay. Perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. Good. So I have to do that. Um and I just have a couple of more questions, but I mean, I think this is super helpful. I think the biggest thing is the money mindset portion of it. Like, do you find that's the struggle for people? And by the way, I think it's totally on brand that we're hearing like housework being done in the background.
0: Oh, thank you. Yes. Yes. So I definitely have a toddler at home. You may or may not hear him in the background there.
1: Um, But I thought it was, I thought it was a drill. Oh yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> that's, that's that's on cool. brand too. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: So uh yeah, that's definitely my toddler just wailing in the background. That's He's so not wild. alone, trust me.
1: He's I in, love in it. I love it. But um but sorry, what was the question? Um the money mindset part of it. Oh yes.
0: Yeah, so real estate is expensive. It's a big investment. Yeah. But you're never just throwing your money away with, when it comes to real estate. You've okay. mentioned this lately
1: on your Instagram, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Break so, that down. Yeah. When you're investing in the stock market or investing in a new
0: business venture or a company that sounds exciting, you're kind of like, here's my money. And the rest is speculation. It might be a great idea or a great concept or a great prospect, whatever it is, but you really never know what's going to happen with your investment. When you invest in real estate, you have the collateral of a house or a property, an apartment, whatever it is. There's something very concrete about that investment. And you don't get that with other types of investing. So at the end of the day, if you buy a property for Airbnb investing And it doesn't work out because you realize the work is too much. It's not kind of your jam or um, the market isn't, you know, where you want it to be or whatever. You have multiple exit strategies. So you can then pivot and long-term rent it, or you can sell it more than likely for a profit because the market is crazy these days. You can flip it, you know, renovate it. force some additional equity into it and then make an even larger profit margin.
1: Um, So yeah, you have
0: tons of options.
1: Okay, I like that. I think the only difference is, and maybe why it's easier Mm -hmm. people to like invest in the stock market, like usually it's like, oh, I'm putting a little bit of money away each month Mm -hmm. and you can't buy a house like that. So Mm -hmm. is it safe to say like, maybe spend some time putting a little bit of money away each month and Absolutely. then when that reaches a certain amount, then just transfer that to investing in real estate. Absolutely. Okay. I like that. I like that. One last question. And then I'm going to let you just like say whatever else you need to say that I've forgotten to ask. Cause this is like totally out of my wheelhouse. So it's <laughs> like, I'm, I don't know what I don't know. So I'm probably missing uh-huh. a lot. No, Talk no. to me about two things. And this is why I was like, oh, short term rentals seem like so much more work than long term rentals, because aren't you still having to worry about internet and electricity and water and all of that stuff? But with long term rentals, that responsibility goes to somewhere, someone else. So I guess it's all kind of under the maintenance umbrella, not Mm -hmm. just like with utilities and stuff and furnishing the place and buying the TVs and everything. But that's part of the maintenance. So there's that kind of maintenance. And then just the other maintenance of people getting in and out and making sure they leave you a nice review online, things like that. How do you manage all of that? Because that is, that can be a lot of work.
0: That's a very loaded question. So I'm going
1: to try to unpack that piece by piece.
0: (laughs) So yeah, regarding like utilities and the monthly maintenance, um, those are all things that can be set up. You can automate as much as you want to, um, a lot of times what I recommend, if you do want to scale beyond one or two properties, you hire a property manager or a co-host who can take some of these things off your plate. If you just don't really want to deal with them, um, you can save yourself money by dealing with them directly, but, um, but that's an option to hire out, um, The guest communication is another thing that can be outsourced if you want to. um, So it doesn't have to feel like another job. Um, there are a lot of um co-hosts who will do this for you for a fee. I generally see a 10 to 15 or 20% co-host fee um, or property management fee for this. Um, but yeah, all of these things can kind of be packaged up and you can take them on and deal with them if you want to in the beginning. I always recommend kind of trying it out um in the beginning, and then you can switch over um to property management after a couple months or, you know, whatever ends up working out for you. Um, but automation is definitely a really helpful thing when it comes to scaling. Um,
1: and then as far as, oh gosh, what was the rest of the question? I don't know. Cause it was so loaded. <laughs> um, <laughs> I no, well, I think you answered it though. I honestly, I think you touched on, on, on both things. Another okay. tip you gave me once was make your Airbnb Instagrammable, which, Hey, maybe this is also why women succeed more than men, because we know what the word Instagrammable means.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So there are a bajillion short-term rentals out there. And I think a lot of times that scares people off and they think I just like couldn't compete because there's so many options out there. But if you brand yourself and brand your property, and make it stand out on Instagram and through all of these different platforms and mediums, you're going to do well and you're going to outperform the competition. Your calendar is going to be booked solid and your average nightly rate is going to be much higher. And therefore your revenue and take home will blow the competition out of the water.
1: I love it. Okay. you. I'm going to break down 12 things that you have said, 12 tips mm-hmm. for people who are interested in this. And sure. then you add any more that maybe we need to visit. And this is like just scratching the surface. So I want to invite everybody to go visit investhercollective.com. It will be in the show notes. Her she has a course coming out. I am going to be like the first one to buy it, so you have to tell me first before you launch it. I will. Um You have to, number one, look for markets an hour or two outside of your home market. If you live in a place like me or Francesca where things ain't cheap, buy lightly used furniture from Facebook marketplace, visit antique stores, something I actually enjoy doing. And there are so many TikToks and Instagrams. It's like go to Goodwill or Salvation Army and buy the furniture and then like upcycle it. Like I'm addicted to that stuff. Invest with partners, which... Could be your dad, could be your uncle, like could be a friend like Francesca's doing with Christina. Do the renovations yourself, like painting the walls or the cabinets. Number five, research the market you're going to buy in and focus on places like lake communities or areas with lots of restaurants. And then number six, this is where you get super specific, where I need the most help is bust out the spreadsheets, look at the calendars on Airbnb or VRBO and analyze the markets. Number seven, check out a bunch of free resources. Francesca has some, and then there are Facebook forums. There's a short-term show podcast. Hook up with an agent specializing in this. Get in the right money mindset. I have a book for that. I'll also link to that in the show notes for this episode. It's called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Love that book. That'll get you in the right money mindset for anything. Um, automate things like paying for utilities. I mean, you should just do this period, like for your life, because it's so much better hire a property manager or co-host. If you don't want to worry about things on a daily or weekly or even monthly basis, and then make your short-term rental as Instagrammable as possible, as if it is your, its own brand. I'm so impressed. I don't know how you took all those notes while we were having that <laughs> conversation. Um,
0: yeah, just a few things to add. Yes, uh, when it comes to partners, there are so many people out there who have one piece of the puzzle to offer, whether it's expertise or money or um, time, and they can, you know, be the boots on the ground person. So I would just say, if you know what your forte is and you know what you can bring to a deal. Focus on that and try to network with people who can fill in those other gaps for you. If you're not ready to do it on your own, look for somebody who has some experience. Or if you have really good knowledge, look for a money partner who has been wanting to get into Airbnb for years, but just doesn't have the know-how or the time or the skill set to do so. So there are so many options out there. If you're interested, definitely log into the forums and see what you can find network with people, get out there and, and just meet with people and talk with people who are interested. Um, that's one of my biggest tips and, um, the, just think of your first property as free tuition. Um, I've heard that a lot from investors and, um, it, it just, you wouldn't expect to go to college for free, right. Unless you're like a genius or a really amazing athlete, right. And you get a full ride. Um, so Think of your first property as an investment in your education in real estate. Expect to make mistakes. Real estate in general is very forgiving. But if you make any money on your first property, it's amazing. You've won. And then you can just take what you've learned on your first investment and reapply that figure out your systems and just rinse and repeat on property after property. And by the time you get to property three or four, you'll be a pro. Everything will seem much easier, less intimidating, and you'll make more money as you go.
1: So just know it's going to be
0: hard, but but you'll learn.
1: (laughs) But that's why we have you in your course, to make it easier. Yeah. So so the point of my course was to
0: take all of the ups and downs that I had during the first Five years or so of real estate investing and package up everything nicely so you don't have to make the same mistakes I did.
1: What mistakes did you make? What were like the biggest ones? So in the beginning, uh my
0: first season, I hosted three properties. Um, they were three apartments. And- Hold on, how do
1: you just get three? How do you go from like nothing to three? <laughs>
0: So my dad is a real estate investor. My first Airbnbs were all apartments that he owned and they were previously long-term rentals. For some reason, all three opened up at the same time or around the same time. And he's located in a ski area. So there's a really crazy fall and winter market up there.
1: Okay. So So you were acting as like his host. Exactly. Got it.
0: I didn't own the property. My dad did, but I, there was this new thing called Airbnb that had just like come about the past couple of years. It was 2015 or 16. And I was like, dad, let's get them on Airbnb. Um, and everybody was
1: like, Oh my God, that's so weird. You're staying in somebody else's house. (laughs)
0: Yeah. It was just, it was like a a very like weird new thing. So at the time um, we furnished the apartments. I think one of them might've already been furnished, but the other two we furnished uh, with, you know, whatever we could get. It was just like simple, straightforward. There was a bed, in the room. There was a dresser in the room. Uh, we didn't really bother with art. You know, we got like the cheapest kitchen things you could get to, to stock the kitchen. Um, we did leave a nice little gift basket most of the time, but, um, yeah it was, it was tough. It was an old historical property. You know, that the, uh, some of the doors were hard to find because it was, it's like an old Victorian house that was, um, split up into different apartments. Okay. So every time a guest checked in, I had to talk to them on the phone, tell them how to find the entrance to the apartment. Um, so yeah, there was, and we hid keys under doormats. Um, you know, that there were, were a lot of quirks about each one of the properties that, you know, we didn't think to disclose in the listing. We just kind of dealt with them as they popped up, uh, you know, like heating issues and draftiness and, you know, other other quirky things. Um, neighbors who were a little bizarre. Put um, <laughs> <laughs> it nicely. Um, so we did all that kind of stuff. Um, we did same day turnover, but sometimes we would have the same cleaner have to, to clean three apartments on the same day, you know, and we didn't have enough extra bedding to just run and change the sheets oh, yeah, and then yeah. take off, you know, which is something that I always do mm-hmm. and advise to do, um, on properties now, um, because it's going to take your cleaning lady or cleaning team a full day to wash three yeah, beds yeah. full of sheets and six people's towels, Um, So another tip for newbie investors is maybe don't do same day turnover when you're first starting out um, because you may need that breathing room to figure out how long it's going to take you and your cleaning team or your turnover team to get all that stuff done. So so that's a really important tip is, is maybe avoid the same day turnover when you're first starting out it can be really overwhelming. Um, And you just don't want bad reviews. You know, it's, it's not a good reflection on you. And then it really, it hurts your feelings. And as, as much as you may not Try to take it personally. Um, it can it can really hurt at the end of the day. Um, I know I, I went to sleep crying a couple times because of that in the beginning, and it's just yeah, it can be it can be really stressful at first if you don't have the right systems and experience in place. And so that's why I'm here to try to help as many people as I can. So again, you don't have to make the same mistakes I did.
1: <laughs> I love that. And then I've also seen. I think I've been targeted with the ads that Airbnb is now saying, like, want to know how to do this? Just ask a host. So, they're like letting you ask hosts for things like, you know, can I do a same day turnover with yeah. this cleaning crew I have or whatever? Mm-hmm. So, that's cool. Okay. I mean, that's, you know, you just added 13 and 14. Number 15. I'm just going to say visit investorcollective.com because you know everything. How many properties do you have now that are short term rentals? So currently we have one that's about
0: to go live next month. So in April. And that's it. We just recently converted all of our sh- all of our short terms into long terms because inventory is insane in mm-hmm. certain markets. So those were all in the Catskills. So now they are long-term rentals because it just was a better fit for our business model at this point in time. And we went down to the Lakes area to pick up some more short-term rentals. So we have one that's launching in mid-April, and then we are in the process of acquiring our second one. Oh my gosh. And hopefully scale to like 10 within the next two years.
1: That's amazing. So you're like a fan of both short-term and long-term rentals, but you are teaching people how to do the short-term thing. Not necessarily. I mean, the long-term thing, I think it's just kind of, it is what it is. If you can do short-term, you can do long-term.
0: Definitely. It's a much more straightforward business model. Um, There are ways to optimize it, but it's pretty straightforward.
1: Yeah. The only problem with long-term because my dad does this. Sometimes like people look so great on paper and you talk to them and then they move in and they're a freaking nightmare. And in some States, like eviction is tough and you may live with crazy people like living in your home yeah, and you can't get them out.
0: It can be tough. And when people ask me, I always advise, if you are looking into sh- uh, long-term rentals that you look in landlord friendly States. Hmm. Texas is one of them. We actually just sold our long-term rental in Texas uh, right outside of Austin. Um, But I believe that if you need to evict someone, you can have it done within like 24 hours.
1: Yeah, there's some, is New York one of those states where like people- Very friendly. Oh my gosh. Like I've heard stories where tenants like stay in a house without squatters. Yes, they squat for decades. Yeah. And like they can't get out and they know- like the law is in their favor.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. There are a lot of really savvy people out there. Um, so just make sure if you're getting into long-term renting, you really do your homework. That's crazy. Okay, awesome.
1: Thanks, Francesca. This is great. This is so fun. Thanks. I learned so much. a lot. Yay! Again, everything is in the show notes. Investorcollective.com. She's on social media. Take that book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Remember, you can go to earnmedianow.com to check out my media masterclass that I mentioned before we got into it with Francesca. Any questions, please reach out to her. She's the cutest, sweetest thing ever, and she will help you out. You definitely want to grab some of the freebies on her website just so you can be on her list and be the first to know when her course launches. Okay? That is it for now. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you join me next week where... I'm super excited about this one. I am chatting with an influencer, a food blogger to be specific, who worked in healthcare and she got so fed up with all of the craziness that was COVID-19 that she left healthcare and now she is a food blogger and influencer full-time. You're going to hear from her in the next episode of Become a Media Maven.